Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this first part of Kingdom, a new sermon series by Pastor Greg Seamus. The Ecclesia, point blank, is the legislative assembly. It's the government of God. And Jesus did not start a new religion. He brought a government. He brought a kingdom. Now, that's going to be the focus of our talk, just our talk for the next three weeks. And um, before, I, before Wendy and I take off for two, two and a half weeks or however long it is, but we would surely love your prayers, your prayer covering from home um, as we go to the nation. And when we, we'll land in Manila, and then what they've done, if, if they have broken the country down into three segments, uh, the northern part of Manila, the uh, northern part of the Philippines, central and, and the southern part of the Philippines, well, they have, they have such unity they have such, uh, I, I can't even, it, it's actually mind-blowing. Uh, we can learn so much from them. And we are learning so much from them. I'm getting my moleskin out, and I'm telling me, how are you guys doing this? Because I want to write it down, because it's absolutely mind-blowing, the unity that they have there. So we're going to go up to the northern region, and they said, we, wanna, we want the Ecclesia message to be cascaded through the nation. And so... Um, the way it works, we're going to be having in 16 days, 14 days, we're going to hold three conferences. So we're going to, or seminars. So it's going to go like we're, we're there on a Monday. We, we preach Monday. We preach Tuesday all day. And then I don't know what's going on at night. A lot of strategic meetings possibly. And then, uh, then the next day is a travel day. And the business guy, who's the apostolic business guy, he comes in on the third day and he ministers there while we're traveling to the next destination. And then we get there and the next day we have two more days and then we travel and then the next day we have two more days and then we're, and then we're done. And uh, I, I'm believing for not just the messaging to go out, I'm believing for that message to be backed up with miracles. And we're actually ministering to to all, they're, they're all leaders in the, in the nation. We're ministering to pastors and leaders. and So they're cascading this all the way out to these different regions. And we just feel so blessed to go. We just, we, you know, we, didn't, we don't PR it. We don't, you know, we don't, anyway, I don't even have a, I don't even have a, I have my church card. But, you know, we just, the Lord's just opening up the doors. And we're just stepping through. So, We'll see what the Lord does. Um, I know he's going to do amazing things. And I know that we're gonna have, we have solid prayer covering here. Say amen. amen. And wouldn't it be amazingly fun to, to just begin sending teams over there? Yes. Wouldn't that be fun? Man, can you imagine planting ecclesias in the Philippines, moving in power, bring our prophetic and our healing teams, bring just people who just want to go for it, who have called to missions, Man, you never know what's going to happen, right? How the Lord's going to unfold that and see where it all goes. But we're just being obedient. We know what the first step is, maybe the second step, but we don't know the rest. So we're living in exciting times. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, take your Bibles. And I think I'm, I don't know how it's going to come out today. I'm looking, I'm looking, this is Generation Sunday, you know? So, so I want to be sensitive to the kids in, in here in their time, but at the same time, I don't care. Um, I'm kidding. Oh, come on. I am kidding. So, (laughs) 
Oh, we're going to have a good time. Did I tell you Isaiah? Oh, I didn't? All right. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And um, let, me, let me just kind of... Let me just kind of preface this a little bit with, with, with a backdrop of, of history and context. Um, I was raised, obviously I, was, I got born again, got called in ministry, went to that Division I school, Bethany Bible College, and uh, called the ministry, started as a youth pastor, on and on and went. And I, I, I never really understood, I never really understood kingdom. Never had, never really studied it. I knew that Jesus talked about it a lot. I knew that it was something that was uh, written uh, in, the, in the letters of the New Testament, but Jesus really talked about the kingdom a lot. But I never even considered what a kingdom is. I've never, I never considered what are the components of a kingdom. More of a rational uh, let's just say logical deduction of what, what is a kingdom. It wasn't until about five or six years ago, maybe 10, maybe 10 years ago, Wendy will correct me, but um, that, that I, I, took, I took this idea of discovering the kingdom seriously. I felt like the Lord had just uh, put that on my heart. And I think one of the things, one of the reasons why is because is the kingdom different than, let's say, a republic or democracy. So I'm raised in a republic. I'm raised in a democracy. And so my, my lens is reading the Bible through the lens of a republic or democracy because that's where I was born and that's where I was raised. In other words, I wasn't raised in a kingdom. I, wasn't, I was raised under, uh, let's just say, the American, United States Constitution, right? Amendments, but trying to understand this in the light of a republic is different. In other words, I have to understand this in the light of a kingdom, not a republic. Well, the next question is, does that change anything? Does that change how I read the Bible? Does that change when scriptures say something, does that, is the filter, is the outcome different? If I read it through the lens of a, of a country that I'm raised in that's, that's 2,000 years this way than what Jesus was talking about. So if Jesus is talking about this phrase in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's very important for me to understand this word kingdom. I always felt, I always thought it was one and the same. I'm just doing my best to read the word and do what it says. And we're good doing that. But can we take it a little deeper? Can we gain a little bit more revelation? Can we gain a little bit more understanding? And then the Lord 
sneaks this, this word in Matthew 16, 18, he sneaks ecclesia in. And so the, the Lord doesn't want us to build a church as we have branded it, but he actually is looking to build an ecclesia, which is not religious, but governmental. I could safely say that the kingdom is all about government. I like what the late Miles Monroe said. He said, it's, this is all about a story of a king, sons and daughters, and a kingdom. I think he said it more like, it's about a king and a kingdom and a royal family. You see, because in a democracy, am I using the word right or republic? I can't, I'll use them interchangeably. In a democracy, we could kind of pick and choose what we want and what we don't want. But that's not how it is in a kingdom. So today, what I wanted to do, I'm hoping to do, is lay a foundation of how Jesus expressed the kingdom. In the next two weeks, I want to talk about how a kingdom functions. And I'm telling you that some of the principles of the kingdom are night and day to how we live in the country that we're blessed to live in and what Jesus says about kingdom reality and how we're supposed to live really from heaven to earth. Isn't that the mandate? But that could be tricky, isn't it? I mean, we're just trying to make it. Like people are, they're trying to figure out how to pay the bills at the end of the month. How does that work? How does the expression of living from heaven to earth, living from a kingdom reality, affect me now? Like in the practical. So, I don't know, I think it was 13 years ago, I keep going up higher and higher, because I start thinking about, we're in the year 2018 already. Can anyone bear witness with that? 2018 already. I mean, I graduated in 19 something. I mean, honestly, I was thinking, just think about when you graduated, if you're kind of older like me, and you thought about the year 2020. I mean, if you were a pre-trib, you held a pre-trib eschatology, surely you would have been with Jesus right now. The Lord would have came, he would have established the kingdom, Hal Lindsey would have been excited, the trumpet was blown, and 2020. I remember when people would say, I have a, I have a, year for, I have a vision for the year 2020. And I thought, that's like in the next millennium. <laughs> Here we are, 2018. Wow. So let's just, let's just go ahead and let's just go for it. Can we just do that? In the next few weeks, we're going to go for this. And it has everything to do with Ecclesia. It has everything to do with your nine to five. It has everything to do with your family. It has everything to do with everything. 
And I just want to encourage you to take time out and really be diligent, not just in the, not just in the, the three weeks that we're going to be studying this together, but in the in-between. You know, the Sunday before Sunday, it's the week. It's talking to the Holy Spirit. Give me revelation. And we, we perish without revelation. We want, our, we want our hearts and our minds to be open. So about 13 years ago, I think we spent two years studying this. Two years. Sunday after Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to try and get it in three weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know of a, of a systematic theology uh, professor. I'll open up with this. His name was Gordon Fee. Very popular if you study scripture. Very, uh, very smart man. I'll just say that. When it, came, when it came to breaking down scripture, he's written a bunch of commentaries. I'm, I want to share a quote that he that I, I found and I thought it would be appropriate as we kick off kingdom. And I love the graphic. Kingdom graphic, man. Hannah, woo, off the hook. Go on our Facebook page after service, of course, and check it out. It's bold. I like bold stuff, you know? I don't mind the soft stuff, but I like bold. You know? All right. Are you guys alive? I know it's 1220, and I'm just getting started. So just, I just want to get that over with right now, okay? So you don't have to even look at your phones or your watches or your eye watches or your whatever. Here's what Gordon Fee said. He said he was given a lecture, um, and he said, you cannot know anything about Jesus, anything, if you miss the kingdom of God. You are a zero on Jesus, I'm still quoting. You are a zero on Jesus if you don't understand this term. He goes on to say, I'm sorry to say it that strongly, but this is the great failure of evangelical Christianity. We've had Jesus without the kingdom of God and therefore have literally done Jesus in. Wow, that's a strong statement. And I give it to you to give you the, a sense of the weight and the reality and the importance of connecting the king, Jesus, to his kingdom and to have a revelation and an understanding of what that means not that of course Jesus is king and Jesus has a kingdom of course I believe it but what does it mean Isaiah did I say Isaiah 9 smile at me you guys are doing all right For unto us, okay, let's just back it up. Isaiah, 750 years before the king is born. 
For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, not a religion. So you have to understand something right out of the gate. Isaiah prophesies of a king who is to be born that's going to be carrying a government on his shoulders. The shoulders were a sign of authority. So he's, he's coming into the world as a king with a government, not a religion. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Just meditate on those. Okay, he's, a, he's bringing a government. It's on his shoulders. He's Counselor. He's Mighty God. He's Everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. As a king, bring in a government. Verse 7 of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's not the increase in church attendance, it's not the increase in our programs. It's the increase of his government. So the measure of our success is how's the government doing? How's the kingdom of God doing in your home, in your city, in your neighborhood, in your workplace? It's not the increase of attendance. Is how much is our, how much is our city looking like the government of God? Amen. Oh, then we better understand what the government is. The government is His kingdom. So, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end, and He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. Oh, okay, justice and righteousness are pillars. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. So let's, let's just take a journey in 10 minutes. 15 minutes. Let's take a journey in 15 minutes. If you have notes... If you actually have a pen, like Aaron says, some people don't know how to write. I never thought about that. <laughs> or they forgot how to write. Can you sign this in cursive? What's cursive? Anyway, I remember. So we're going to go ahead and I think we're just going to, I'm just going to tear, I'm going to just tear into this. All right, Matthew 24, 14, the message of the kingdom. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world 
as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What is going to be preached? The good news, gospel of what? The kingdom. So Gabriel prophesies the birth of a king. It says, and you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He's talking to Mary. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom will have no end. He goes ahead in John the Baptist. It starts with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is a, is a, is a forerunner, but more importantly, he's a herald. And if you don't know what a herald is, a herald is somebody who would always go before a king and make an announcement. The king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. So when kings came into cities, a herald would always go ahead and he would make an announcement to the, to the people that are in the city that the king is coming. Prepare the city. Sweep your porch. Get things cleaned up. Why? Because you have royalty coming. So he goes, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent, change the way you think, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. So John, as a type, a forerunner, of course, but as a herald, originally, as a messenger that is sent before a monarch or a king to convey a proclamation. So even, even, even in the very, very beginnings, the, there's a flow, there's a diagram, I, I think of diagrams, there's a picture of a king that's coming and he's actually sending out a herald because it's a kingdom. And he's, that herald is John the Baptist and he's making a proclamation about a king coming. Get ready. So the priority of the kingdom, the words of Jesus, the very first words that we see in Scripture, launching him into his ministry is Matthew 4.17. Are you guys all with me? From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So you need to change the way you think, because I'm a king. There was a herald. He went ahead and he made this proclamation. I am the king of this kingdom, and you better change the way you think or you're going to miss my world. So the kingdom, we begin to see now, is fully equipped. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Kingdom and healing connect. So the expression or the activity of the kingdom has to do with healing. Oh, you guys. 
So healing of every disease, disease and sickness among the people, news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. The kingdom of God comes fully equipped. It's the world or the government that Jesus brought to free mankind. The kingdom is not some theory. The kingdom is powerful and it changes lives. Come on, I want you to get a picture of a dad who's paralyzed, has kids, and Jesus comes and he heals them so now he can play basketball with his kids. You know, there wasn't basketball then, but you know. There's a son who has seizures delivered. There's people who are struck down with sicknesses, instantly healed. How does a life change? How does a family change? How does the kid change? How does the dad and mom change? It's a kingdom that brings good news, and it's a kingdom that's filled with power. Jesus, in teaching his disciples how to pray, he says in Matthew 6.10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the will of God. The number one outside of our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, after giving thanks to God, it is the number one priority of Jesus on the prayer list. The rest of the prayer flows from a kingdom paradigm. Provision, deliverance, overcoming the enemy. Oh, when you, that's why, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. That's why it says the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Why? Because when you get the revelation of the goodness of the kingdom, it's going to be hard to keep people out. You ever, been, you ever, ever, ever hear the stories of the rock concerts and people are running inside? Actually hurting people on the way? Maybe it's a Black Friday sun sale. I'm just saying that there's, there's, the violence is, is, is measured in a good way. But if we misrepresent the kingdom, if we, mis, if we don't understand it and we don't represent it right, people are on the outside not even wanting to come in. Oh. Jesus said that the kingdom is to be sought first, Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Whenever Jesus went, he preached the kingdom, Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Luke 8, 1, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town to the uh, town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The 12 were with him. Luke 9, 11, but the crowds learned 
about it and followed him, he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and he healed all those who were needing healing. I want you to just see the connection between the kingdom government of God, the presence of God coming, and power. Matthew 10, 7 to the 12, he says, as you go, preach this message. This message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely, you guys know, freely what? Freely give. So, the passage I was telling you about, people fighting to get into the kingdom, Matthew eleven, twelve. 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been totally, has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Luke 16, 16, the law of the prophets were proclaimed until John, since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Wow, that's kind of a cool picture. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom comes on people. So Matthew 12, 28. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Oh. Okay. The kingdom has secrets, Matthew 13, 11. And he replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Jesus taught the value of the kingdom through parables, which we don't even have time to discuss this morning, but it's all Matthew 13. So he's using every conceivable way to communicate, communicate what the kingdom's all about. So he compares it to a good seed that fell in the soil. He compares it to a mustard seed. He compares it to yeast that a woman took and mixed with a large amount of flour. He compared it to treasure hidden in a field. He compared it to the kingdom of, is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. I'm still in Matthew 13, Matthew 13, 47. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. Matthew 18, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. Matthew 22, Two, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding. Matthew 25, 1, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Mark 4, 26, and he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like, a man scatters seed on the ground. So Jesus is not talking about some abstract thing that we can't grab a hold of. He's using very practical, modern-day terms in those days so he can get people to understand this kingdom that he's bringing. So Jesus tells us that there are keys to the kingdom that they have been given to us, right? Matthew 16, 19. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said that you have to have humility to enter into the kingdom of God, like a child, which is found in Matthew 18. Jesus said it must be preached before he returns. All those who will preach the message of the kingdom. Jesus said, that's Matthew 24, 14. Jesus said, it will be our inheritance. Matthew 25, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are now blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the very foundations of the world. 
Bringing the kingdom is why Jesus is sent. Luke 4.43, but he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because this is why I was sent. I preach to towns to bring the kingdom. This is why I came. He says it to the 70. He says, if a town welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you, heal the sick. As you heal them, say, the kingdom of God is near you. Jesus says the kingdom is joyfully given to us. Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Religion will not let you in the kingdom. There, are, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. Jesus says the kingdom is within us. Luke 17, 21, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Now that's, that's a head scratcher. Jesus has conferred on us a kingdom. Luke 22, verse 29. And I confer, that, mean, that, word, means, uh, that word actually means to be knighted. You ever seen the guy with the long swords? Okay. I confer, I knight you, I confer on you a kingdom. Just as my father has conferred it on me. So when you got born again, you were knighted or conferred on on you the kingdom of God. Nicodemus wanted wanted into the kingdom, but you have to be born again. So he says in John 3, 3, I reply, Jesus declared, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Jesus says his kingdom is from another place. John 18, 36. You guys hang on now. I'm just giving you a lot of foundation. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It is, uh, if it were, my servants would fight to prevail, prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. The earth simply has two worlds on it. One earth Two worlds. It was the topic of Jesus after his resurrection and before his ascension. He says in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke of the kingdom of God. What's the one thing you... I mean, before he ascends, he has to communicate uh, central truths that he wants them to know and understand before he leaves. Forty days after his resurrection, he ta- all he talks about is the kingdom of God. But if I were to ask a believer what the kingdom of God is, it'd be really hard for them to, can- to kind of gain or give any substantial answer. Well, the kingdom of God is in me. The kingdom of God is God's government. How does his government work? So if we're 
if we're commissioned, I'm pointing my finger right back at me. I mean, I'm not even pointing fingers, but I'm preaching this to myself. If we're to bring, just think with me now. If we're to bring heaven to earth, but if we don't understand heaven, how are we going to bring it to earth? In other words, if we have more understanding about the earthly realm, and naturally we should because we live here, but we have more understanding about the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the green, yellow, liberation, liberty party than we do of the kingdom. We can tell you what Trump said or what Obama said or what Feinstein said or someone said and someone's saying this and we're watching Fox News and we're watching CNN and we're, wa- we're doing all this thing, but when it comes down to bringing heaven to earth, we really don't have a clue. So in order for us to bring heaven to earth, you would think that we really got to know what heaven's about. I mean, that's simple. And the enemy has us so tricked into, I'm not saying that we don't get involved in politics. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about priority. I'm talking about, yeah, okay, be there, but have an understanding of this. Have an understanding of heaven. So bring heaven to the area or the sphere of influence God has called you to, but you better have an understanding about the kingdom government so you can represent Jesus well in the sphere of influence. I mean, really, this, is, this bothers me. Because we have believers who are arguing with each other over this kind of stuff, and heaven is is filled and ready to be deposited on the earth, but we're so busy doing this, we neglect instead of partnering. What we do is we just argue about certain points of politics and we miss heaven. Oh, come on. So in conclusion, <laughs> I, 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 I go, I, I'm telling myself, I got next week. So Jesus is identified as king of his kingdom. Crucial. So Jesus will reign eternally and reigns eternally as king. Jesus executes justice as a righteous king. I don't even know how to end this thing. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? You could, you know, Oh, man. More coming. It says in Scripture, 
My people perish for lack of knowledge. Doesn't it say that? I want us to have a, a greater understanding and greater revelation of heaven <clears throat> so we can really bring... That's, that's what I contend for. I'll just say that. My, my prayer is that, Lord, help me to understand your world. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, put the thinking cap on for a moment. We have a lot of smart people in this house. If we're to bring his world into this one, we better understand his world. And if Jesus says, when Jesus talks so much about the kingdom, we better understand what the kingdom is. Now, for years, I thought I knew what the kingdom was. I mean, next week, I'm going to set you free. On kingdom principles. Next week, I'm putting myself out there. Next week, you're going to begin to see how all of that lines up with this. You're going to go, oh, that's why it says that. Oh, you mean there's going to be another, there's going to be a revelation that's going to, you're going to peel it back just a little bit more and you're going to say, now this verse makes sense. I've been looking at this verse for 20 years. Now I understand it. Because we're trying to gain revelation through a filter that's not kingdom. But Holy Spirit's good enough to give us revelation, right? He doesn't block that out of us. But the more we gain revelation, the more we understand Scripture, and we actually make it, it makes sense that we can apply it to our life. I feel like there are people who are feeling like, the kingdom's this, but my life is this. Friend, that's, that's wrong thinking. The kingdom is this, and your life is this. The scripture says the kingdom of God is in you. What does that mean? I mean, we accept the verse because it's in the word. But we don't know what it means. So a simple prayer would be, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Kingdom of God is in me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just expand your kingdom. Just increase your kingdom in me, Lord. Increase your kingdom. Increase your kingdom. But we don't know what that means. We're just trusting. That's what the word says. And we come into agreement. Amen. I mean, like, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. That's good. That's good. We come into agreement with that. Amen. We don't even know what we're asking. We know it's God, so we know it's good, but we don't understand it. And there are things like the Holy Spirit wants to take us down these roads. He wants to take us into rooms. He wants us to see what this is all about. Oh, a king is never elected. Bloodline. That's why you're royalty. Oh, that's just one of them. You know, the Lord's Supper is about bloodline. 
Oh, stand up. <laughs> Just that right there set some people free. I, I know it set me free right now. Take the hand of the person next to you. Lord, give us revelation about the kingdom. Give us revelation about the government of God. I thank you, Lord, that King Jesus lives inside of me. King Jesus lives inside of me. Holy Spirit is inside of me, and he wants out. Not out of my life, but he wants to be put on display. We understand and we declare that we are kingdom people. Some of us have been saved for two months. Some of us have been saved for 20 years, 30, 40, 60 years. And God, we just want more. We're asking for increase. Lord, teach us about the kingdom so we can govern. We don't want to learn about the kingdom so we can just go to church. And that's important to gather. The ecclesia gathers. But we gather doing governmental business. Oh, know what it says? There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom. So fill us with all of them. In fact, it says that the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a theological bender. But Lord, we're just asking for more. We're asking for increase. We're asking you for revelation. And we want to be a changed people for your glory and honor. So grateful that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords lives inside. That he's got it all under control. That your kingdom is unshakable. God, I pray that you would give, raise up men and women, including myself, who know how to access the kingdom and bring it. Because are we really getting the same results of Jesus like Jesus did? But he understood the kingdom because he was a king. And he gave authority to his disciples and they did the same. Why? Because they were actually raised and grew in a kingdom. It's called the Roman Empire. They understood. God, give us revelation. Give us revelation. And God, we just want it to be practical. We want, to, we want it to be something that impacts our families and our marriages and our homes and our, and our businesses. Our work environment. We, we want it to be practical, not just ethereal. And it is. It is. So when the blind eyes open, that's practical. When paralyzed people are healed, that's practical. Open us up, Lord. Open us up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Oh. Well, we're going to have fun next week. Next two weeks, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a really good time. We hope you enjoyed this message. 
For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.